When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. From Reedville, Virginia, this is The Big Fib, and now here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the rich-sounding, harmonious glissando of truth and the buzzing and strapped dissonance of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. Ooh, uh, Lisa, it sounds like your output is not set to the right frequency. Can you change that? The best time to wear a striped sweater. The wicket is inspected and another test. Back home, huh? And she stepped on the ball. We're going to get first use of this good wicket. Still no. Okay, here, let me just adjust... And so I said, why the long face? (laughs) You're back. Fantastic. It is fantastic because I have a listener question from John that I'd like to play. Oh, please do. Lisa, how old are you? Ah, age. Age is an antiquated human construct that has little meaning in the world of robots. I mean, what is age other than a human record of conscious awareness tracked by a linear calendar of human design. You don't know how old you are, do you? In simple human terms, uh, no. Okay, well, I agree with you that age is unimportant. Oh, I didn't say it was unimportant for you humans. It's probably very important that you are, you know, 172 years old. <laughs> uh, uh, no, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. Now, don't be coy, Deborah. You should celebrate your very advanced human age. I'm not shy about it, Lisa, but this joke about my age is getting old. Like you. <laughs> We're going to move on now that you sort of kind of answered John's question and let our listeners know what our game is all about. Well, there's certainly no age requirement to do that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, so here it goes. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other? Oh, what? We haven't fixed this yet. The other one is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who was who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. (laughs) At least we hope. I mean, we bought a billboard and it says that. What are we (laughs) lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about the accordion, a musical instrument using forced air to produce sounds. And to ask questions about accordions and find our fibber, we need a contestant. Who is our contestant today, Lisa? Our human child contestant is an 11-year-old who loves gerbils and drawing anime 
Izzy Hamilton. Hi, Izzy. Hi. Nice to have you on the show. I want to know all about those facts. You love drawing anime. Do you have a favorite anime character? My favorite anime character would probably be Ranma from the show Ranma One Half. And what's that all about? It's about this guy named Ranma, but when he's splashed with cold water, he turns into a girl. <gasps> cool. And so it's all about like wacky hijinks that ensue. That ensue. I love that. I love ensuing hijinks. <laughs> that sounds really cool. You heard it here. Everybody should go take a look. And you like to draw them, right? Yeah. Very cool. An artist. And you have a special shout out. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. So I want to shout out one of my friends, Kara. Shout out, Kara. Yeah, partially for being the one who introduced me to this podcast and partially kind of being like, can I hear before it comes out? Like, can I hear the episode before it comes out? (laughs) And I'm like, what if I mention you? You're a good friend. This has been an official shout out. Shout out, shout out. Nice. That's great. So we love Kara, too, because she's the one who turned you on to the podcast. So we're all shouting out to Kara. Thanks for tuning in, Kara. Hello, Kara. Well, we want to know some more fun facts about you, Izzy, but we're going to do it playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. You, Izzy, are going to tell us three facts about yourself. Two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie. We have to see how well you can lie by trying to figure out which one is the lie. Izzy. What are your three facts? Okay, number one, I am halfway finished writing a novel. Number two, I play the oboe. And number three, I love to snowboard. That's a good list of facts because each one is very different than the other. It makes it really hard to choose. What do you think, Lisa? Very challenging. Mm. Let's see. If she were to play the oboe, then it would be hard for her to snowboard because I think... You need your hands to kind of balance when you're snowboarding. Mm -hmm. So it's like those two kind of fight each other. And then also, if she was writing a novel, how is she going to snowboard and write a novel at the same time? None of these (laughs) really make sense. So I'm kind of in the dark on this one. But I'm just going to go with my gut and say that I don't think anyone really loves to snowboard because it's just like falling for a long time and nobody likes falling. (laughs) So I'm going to go with I love to snowboard is the lie. Thank you. Okay, I think there's a little more to it than falling, but let's check in. Izzy, which one of those facts is your lie? You're right. (gasps) I do not love to snowboard. I ski. Yeah, because nobody likes falling. (laughs) She skis, though. Would you say that's falling, Lisa? Oh, you ski? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, she does like falling. (laughs) Wait, my logic was wrong? Apparently. Your logic was wrong, but you got it correct. But also that means that you play the oboe, which is a beautiful instrument. That sounds very cool. And also... You are halfway through your first novel. What's your novel about? So it's about this girl named Jasmine and her pet wolf named Ark. Ooh. And this special magic water ring and like how she has to save this whole realm thing. Cool. Wow. Okay. Well, you'll let us know when that's finished so we can read it. Yes. Okay. What do you know about the accordion, Izzy? I know that I cannot play it. Okay. I know that it is technically a keyboard instrument, even though that there's reeds. Okay, okay, okay. And I know that it has kind of like half piano thing on one side and a bunch of buttons on the other side. You're like, do, 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 do. <laughs> nice. And that's exactly what it sounds like. That could also describe me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot in common with accordions. Yeah, I got a bunch of buttons on one side and a weird keyboard on the other side. 
no. Oh, wait, am I an accordion? No, you're not. You're not. I finally understand myself. (laughs) (laughs) This is a momentous occasion, isn't it, Izzy? All right. Well, we want to learn more about the accordion, but I think it would be good if we could do that by asking our experts some questions. So, Lisa, can you give us some music to welcome our accordion experts? Hey, Come on in with your accordion Mm. Unless you didn't bring it And that's okay Cause we didn't specify that you had to bring it We just assumed you would (laughs) (laughs) They get better and better Okay, our first expert is Marianne Cabone Marianne, could you please introduce yourself to Izzy? Hi Isabel, I'm Marianne and I'm an accordion teacher Thank you for that. And now we will meet our second expert, Frank Gorski. Frank, please introduce yourself to Izzy. Hey, I'm Frank Gorski, and I play accordion in a band called the Barrel Hoppers. Maybe we can play for you someday. Ooh, that would be fun. Tell us about those bellowing beats, Lisa. Those are the seat beats. Because it's hot seat time. That is correct. It's hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Izzy's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Frank Gorski, because his name sounds like an old-timey detective name. I'm Frank Gorski, and I'm on the case. Ooh, nice. I like that. That could be another job for him if the accordion thing doesn't work out, right? Gorski. Frank Gorski. (laughs) Nice. Okay, so Izzy, what is your first question for Frank? What is a typical day at your job? So as an accordionist, I travel a lot, right? We play in a band. And so most of my time is spent in a van with a bunch of stinky guys going from gig to gig. We play about 100 dates a year all over the country. So there's a lot of driving. But in addition to that, there's a lot of practice, right? You got to warm up your fingers. So there's a lot of wiggling going on and some hand exercises that you can do. And then we spend probably an hour or two, three or four times a week practicing. So that's not a typical day, I guess, but that's a typical week. Yeah, that sounds like fun, except for the stinky guy part. Marianne, can you describe what an accordion is? I certainly can. An accordion is the reed instrument. We wouldn't put it in the keyboard family because not all accordions are keyboard instruments. Many accordions have buttons on both sides. And the heart of the instrument is the bellows. So it's the wind that makes the reeds speak and make sound. And it could be many sizes, many colors. It could be, really, you could order an accordion to look like anything you wanted it to look like. Whatever your favorite color is, or if you wanted it to be some sort of a pattern, that could all happen. And many sizes, everything from the smallest one having just 12 buttons on the left hand to more than 120 Wait, so could I, like, order an accordion to look like a dragon? It wouldn't be the shape of a dragon, but it could certainly be imprinted on the bellows, for sure. Cool. Love that. That's a reason to take up the accordion. Okay. What advice would you give me if I wanted to do your job, and this is for both of you? So you'd have to begin playing the accordion, which is something I think everyone should do anyway. (laughs) And then you would need to practice every day. I think that would be the most important advice. Every day you need to spend a little time with that instrument. So practice really works? Apparently. (laughs) Most definitely. I wish there was an expression about that. Hmm. What would it be, Lisa? Practice makes 
people around you annoyed. (laughs) I think they would be very happy to hear that you're making a wonderful effort and you're persistent and dedicated. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, Frank, are you going to take that question too? I am going to take that question. And first of all, I'd agree with what Marianne said, but I'd add a couple of things, Izzy. First, I would say start out with an accordion that has fewer buttons because it'll be easier to learn. And you might want to start out with a piano accordion as opposed to a button, shorter learning curve on the piano, but ultimately maybe you get a little more out of the button. So that would be for you to choose. Also, I can tell you, and my chiropractor can tell you, accordions are heavy. So choose one that's appropriate for your size and for how strong you're feeling, right? You have to choose one that's a little bit lighter. And then as you progress, you can get into bigger and heavier accordions. Okay, Marianne, what is the most interesting thing you have learned in your job? I think the most interesting thing I have learned in my job, Izzy, is that teaching is forever changing and the students are forever changing. I have students from age six to 79. Wow. Wait, there's no way someone is age six to 79. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I think she's lying here. No, no, that they're of different ages. There's no way people are of different ages, Deborah. (laughs) Okay, forget it. (laughs) Go ahead, Marianne. So it's just interesting because you have to adapt your teaching method to the student, and the students are of all levels and abilities, and they want to play all genres of music, everything from classical to polka to jazz to uh, klezmer. It's a lot of fun. Wow. And that's my day. That's what I do all day, particularly on a Saturday. I start early in the day and I end with our big accordion band at the end of the day. Oh, you're in a band also? No, I conduct. Oh, you conduct a band. I see. Deborah always wants me to be a conductor because she's like, hey, Lisa, you need to conduct yourself appropriately. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Izzy, go ahead and ask your next question. Frank, how has the accordion evolved over the years? So initially... Some people would tie it back to China, like a long time ago, almost BC. It's an instrument called the Sheng. That was played with your mouth, though. So I kind of would put it more starting in the early 1800s in Vienna. And it was pretty simple at first. There were some piano keys, a few reeds, and, a, and the bellows that Marianne just described. Over time, a bass part was added to the second side so that you could play your own accompaniment. And that really helped the instrument take off. In the 1920s, they added something called a fluvin, which helps control the airflow better than the older styles did. And it makes it actually a little lighter, believe it or not. So after the fluvin was added in the 20s, it really took off. And in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, they just kind of got more and more complicated with the number of keys or buttons. And then more recently, they've invented a digital accordion That's really heavy. And I got to be honest, I don't mess around with it because I like the old style myself. Thank you very much. Izzy, back to you. This is probably my favorite question. Which Yankovic would you rather play with, Frankie or Weird Al? And that's going to go to both of you. Me first this time? Can I go first? Can I go first? (laughs) 100%. And this is not a slight on the other guy. But 100%, I'm playing with Frankie. Because without Frankie, there is no Weird Al. He was the polka king. The king, the most popular musician in America for a long time. And one of the coolest things about Frankie Yankovic is that he was in World War II, right? Mm -hmm. He almost lost his fingers. Oh, no. Because he got frostbite. It got so cold. He almost lost his fingers. Can you imagine what the world would be like 
if Frankie Yankovic had lost his fingers in the war. It's a sad thought. I can't even think of it. <laughs> can't even think of it. It's mind-blowing for me. And so I would 1,000% say Frankie Yankovic. Okay. Marianne, do you concur? Can I choose none of the above? You can. Tell us why. Well, it just wouldn't be my particular style of music. That's all. But um, That's fair. What kind of music would you like to play? Well, believe it or not, I have a bachelor's degree in accordion performance. Hmm. People don't even think that's an option. So I would prefer to play something classical. That's what I would play on the accordion. All right. Interesting answers. Very good. Well done. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Okay, it's time for the shorts on fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Izzy will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready for our diatonic dissemination of detection. Izzy, let's start with Marianne. You're going to ask your shorts on fire questions now. What is the most important part of the accordion? The bellows. How many colors do accordions come in? Immeasurable. How many buttons does the smallest kind of an accordion have? It could have less than 12, but typically 12. Where are most accordions made? Castelfidardo, Italy. How much does a really good accordion cost? 
anywhere from twenty to $60,000, depending on how you want it styled. Fact or fib, all accordions have buttons. Fact. What is the name of the 1950s variety show hosted by a band leader and accordion player? Lawrence Welk. What is it called when many people play the accordion together? An accordion orchestra. Hard to listen to. <laughs> Stop it. On which side of the accordion do you play the low notes? The left side. What band performs a song called Road to Nowhere that features the accordion? Pass. And that is time. That's all the time we got. Sorry, guys. Ooh, very good. Lisa, can you kindly reset the timer? Uh, it's one thing after another. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, fine. I appreciate it. Okay, Izzy, you can ask Frank your shorts on fire questions now. Name another word or term for the accordion. Squeeze box, Trixie, button box. Dolphin. What do you call a person who plays the accordion? The coolest guy in the room. No <laughs> kidding. An accordionist or uh, Schlüsselmeister, which is German for keymaster. Are there left-handed accordions? I'm a lefty. I wish there were, but no. What is the earliest version of the accordion that dates back to ancient China? Well, that's the Sheng. In what movie did the accordion first appear in the year 1888? Ooh, pass. Fact or fib, most accordions are made by hand. That's a fact. Is the accordion a percussion instrument or a reed instrument? Trick question there, it's a wind instrument. Who patented the accordion in 1829? Oh, it was an Austrian guy. I can see the name, but I can't remember it. Uh, something I-A-N, I think it ends in. Can I take a half pass on that? What kind of accordion is famous for tango music? That's the concertina. Fact or fib, before rock and roll and the guitar, the accordion was the most popular instrument in the United States. Absolute fact. And time. That's all the time. Sorry. Very good. That was music to my ears. Okay. It's decision time. Izzy has to register all the information she's heard to decide who is fibbing. Izzy, who is our big fibber? Uh, I have no idea. <gasps> Uh-oh. That's right. <laughs> no, there is a fibber. I'm going to go and say Frank is the liar. Because? Why do you think so? Because I had looked up a bunch of stuff about like when the accordion was patented. Mm -hmm. And the thing he said for the last name, I don't think that was correct. Okay. So you're relying on fact and research, an interesting strategy. Okay. Will the actual accordion expert please say, I am the accordion expert? I am the accordion expert. Oh, yes. Is <laughs> he got it? That's right. Marianne Cabone is president of the Accordionists and Teachers Guild International, a professional organization promoting excellence in performance and teaching the accordion. She is also the director of the Chicagoland Accordion Academy, where she teaches accordion to students of all ages and abilities. Wow. Welcome, Marianne. I feel like we have accordion nobility in the house. Welcome. Okay, time to do some fact-checking. Marianne, let's grill our liar about the lies he told. How did he hit Below's the belt? Wow. <laughs> so, I don't know what a fluvin is. I thought, actually, Frank did a pretty decent job. <laughs> oh, I don't know what a fluvin is, and what was the question about tango music? Oh, the most common type of accordion used for the tango. Yeah, and that would be the bandonian, Oster Piazzolla in Argentina. It was very famous for tango music. 
written many pieces. It's very exciting to play his music. I love his music. Oh, we'll have to look that up. Cool. I'd like to hear that. Okay, and over to you, Frank. How did you try to push all our buttons? Marianne is exactly right, as is Izzy. The concertina is not the instrument that's used in tango. A fluven is completely made up. Ooh. Yep. And the Trixie is not really a nickname for the accordion. I base that on the name for the instrument in Basque, Spain. Oh, that is an instrument? I changed it around a little bit because I couldn't pronounce the full one. I see. Okay. But I thought Trixie was cute enough to go. It's a good lie. Right. And you mentioned something about a person who plays the accordion. Oh, right. Yeah, the Schlusselmeister is completely made up also. That was made up. I am the Schlusselmeister. I am here to schluffle you. (laughs) I mean, it's fun to say. I want that to be like an actual name. I know. You should put that in your book. I should. Yeah, write that down. You can use that. That's from me to you. I feel like Marianne has the power to introduce that to the world of the accordions also. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but also just a fun fact, the movie that the accordion first appeared in in the year 1888 is called none other than Accordion Player. Clever title. And let's just clarify once and for all, The accordion is a what type of instrument, Marianne? Well, it's a reed instrument, which, you know, the reeds don't sound without the wind, so... Much like the oboe. Yes. Yes, indeed. Very good. And the person who patented the accordion in 1829, Marianne, do you know who that is? Cyril Damien. Oh, she does know who that is. There is some dispute, but uh, we won't go there. That's who's currently credited with it. That's interesting. So that's probably not the name then that Izzy found, which is how she based her decision. Actually, I found two names. One did it, then it was that guy. The other did it before him. And all I remember from his name was Ludwig. I see. It could be Ludwig Shufflemeister. (laughs) It could be. Yes. (laughs) I like the name. We'll have to see if that name exists, if there's a person out there. Hopefully he plays the accordion because it just seems right to do. Ludwig Shufflemeister, if you're listening, just send us a message, okay? Thank you. (laughs) Please do. We've come to the coda of our show. Thank you to our master contestant, Izzy. And thank you to our expert and liar, Marianne and Frank. And thanks to Lisa, our squeeze box of sounds. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning in to the Big Fib, where we bellows shake off the lies and sustain notes of truth. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, I recommend you visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on the podcast. And you can find out how you can participate. Also, listen, let's be honest. You can follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now... I'm going to go play my shuffle miser. <laughs> talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co host, Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? 
It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.